Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I am Colson Smith and as always I am joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Ben Beal. That's good. <laughs> good. Very good. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. Now it is all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we set a film for the other to watch and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated about the film. Now the beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home and then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought. This week's film has been chosen by Ben and it is Network. But before we get into talking all things Network, as always, how has your week been? What have you been up to? Um, Before we start, I've just got a, a clip I want to play you lads. You don't know anything about this. But somehow I've been talking to Henry a bit about. So uh, over to you, Henry. It's called The Rescue. You'll be able to find it on Disney Plus. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring now. If that film doesn't no. win Best Documentary at the Oscars, even though the nominations are not even out yet, I'm gonna eat shit. <laughs> is it? Is it not nominated? So. Today, uh, what have you been up to this week? The Oscar nominations were out. Oh no! <laughs> it's not. It's not nominated. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, right. I've just played it. I've just played well, it for our listeners. I've been no, 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 not well. Not woo, woo, woo. I'm just going to get not well. I've got a way out of this. <laughs> I have. It's unequivocal, Colson. Twice unequivocal. Extra, extraterrestrial, and main ep, which was um, uh, it's a wonderful life. Main ep. Both of them, Shepard would eat shit if, if the rescue wasn't nominated. Hang on, hang on. Yes. You've not, you've not got a chance to defend yourself yet. I have. I have, Your Honour. Can I approach? Hang on, hang on. I'm the, saying that, I'm not, I'm not the barrister because I'm on Ben's side. But yes, defendant, you can talk. Okay. In my defence, in my defence, <laughs> I said, if it doesn't win the Oscar, I'll eat shit. Yeah, I did say that. No, I yeah. think there was a comment about nomination. Yeah, I just said even though the nominees are not out yet. But now the nominees are out, there's no chance of it No, eating. no, 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 no. There isn't, Jack. There's there no isn't. chance of it of it winning. That's how they work, There has Jack. to be a chance. Jack, there was a chance. Because I'll tell you now, they've entered it for the Oscars. I've had a little short that's entered the Oscars. 
You enter the film. You have to enter the film to see if you'll get a nomination. It's a pie. It can't win. You now have to eat your own shit. <laughs> there, there is no, there is no beating around the bush, Jack. You, you, you physically have to eat your own shit. Seriously, though, what are the, what are the Academy fucking thinking? He's nominated for a BAFTA. I think they've listened to the podcast and they've gone. I want to see David Platt eat his own shit. I do. Genuinely, I think they've listened to the podcast and gone, whatever you do, don't vote for that. Because a lad in England with a podcast is going to eat shit. It's not nominated, Jack. You can't win. I know. I tell you what, I got an email with the nominations in. 20 minutes, I was on the floor. (laughs) On the floor for 20 minutes. I went, it's almost perfect. So hang on, Jack. When are you going to eat your own shit? When? How are you going to do it? Are we doing it on the podcast? Are we doing it on the YouTube? Is it going to be on the Zoom? On the YouTube. It, we could do it tonight. We're not doing it. We're going live on Insta Stories. We're over at the Sofa Cinema For our special friends on Patreon. Did you know that? Did you know it hadn't been even been um, nominated? I saw the Academy's uh, tweets... This morning, you weren't going to bring it up. Would you? you have brought it up? No, no, you wouldn't have. I couldn't believe it. I kept on scrolling to see if there was another documentary feature, and then right like... at the very bottom, it says, "Yes, you're eating poo." <laughs> yes, Jack P. Shepherd from Manchester, <laughs> yes. get your spoon out. Perfect thing is, you've said it twice. It's recorded. Hundreds of thousands of people have heard you say it. So now you've got to do it. Oh, this is one of the greatest moments in podcast history. Oh, you went so big on the Jack's Hidden Gem, so big. I was convinced, Ben. I think I've been stitched up. You could have said, I'll eat my hat. You could say loads of things. <laughs> out of nowhere, no. you decided, we didn't even push you. No, you didn't. We didn't even say, oh, come on, hat's not good enough. What, do you, what else you got? You just went, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go straight to pee. I'm not even going to bother with eating a hat. Going straight. <laughs> Who eats hats? Shall we move on to some sofa cinema club news to start with? Ah, great! I love this. I love this. Is a new section, isn't it? It is a new section, but this might be the last week of the new section because <laughs> I don't just bring news. But unlike Ooh. Jack, Ben, I, mm. I, um, I take action on my promises and I deliver. Strong words. He's put you in the. He's put you on the opposition there, Jack. If you head on to the Sofa Cinema Club website today, you will find that mugs are available to pre-order. They're live. We now have merchandise mugs. We flirted with the idea of mugs well over a year ago. And finally, the mug elves have pulled it off. And we now have mugs. And we've got a little bit of a competition for the first few weeks of mugs. So if you go on to thesofacinemaclub.com forward slash merch and pre-order our mug bundle before the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, you'll be entered into a competition to win an entire collection of Sofa Cinema Club mugs signed by the three of us. But we sign, we sign the inside of the mug. So as soon as you put boiling water in, it washes off. <laughs> so you have to, so you have to buy more. <laughs> Don't use it for hot water. It's like one of those things at the end for the mugs. Not good for hot water. 
that, that that's like the dream prize, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's up there because you'd be the envy of all your workmates. So make sure you get on to the website and you make your pre-orders before Monday the 14th of February. And remember, you've own, you can only be entered if you buy the bundle. So there are three mugs available to buy. One designed by each of us. Ben, what is your design? I'm mint. Jack, what is your design? Mine says Jack's hidden gem. And mine says favourite. <laughs> That's a bundle. <laughs> That's a bundle. That's all free. Or... You can go on and you can buy your individual mug. And we will find out whose mug is selling best. So please go on and buy favourite. No no one wants a mug with Jackson and Gem on, do they? I mean, the next series, it might be, I will eat my own shit. <laughs> that could be your <laughs> mug. Oh, that would be a saying on the mug, wouldn't it? I did it. How much do you think... How much do you think our mugs are selling for, boys? Uh, it's a couple of hundred quid, probably, isn't it? Yeah, a couple of hundred quid. Well, I'm going to shock you, because they're available for the bargain price of £12 per mug, or free the bundle for £30. It's a saving of £6. Oof, that's good. I've been drinking out of them, and they do work. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do work. Yep, I've had tea in them. Good. Soup? Have you had soup yet? No, no, no. I've I've just had tea, and I've had a couple of teas, and I've, I've noticed, what I've noticed is I only drink out of mint. I don't drink out of... I drank out of Jack's Hidden Gem once. It wasn't as nice. <laughs> Favourite's still in the box, is it? Favourite's at the back. <laughs> it's, it's the one you give out when guests come round. <laughs> tea? I'm the only one in my house who drinks tea out of a mug. Are you? Well, what do they drink it out of? Like little China kind of, or like pottery ones. Have you not said you're going to have to support the family business, guys? Get on board. Get on board, come on. And speaking of supporting the family business, because we look after our Sofa Cinema Club family, if you are a Patreon member, you will be getting an extra special 10% off. Oof. When we talk about what we've done this week, there is something that we did together, wasn't there? We we got back into the studio to a little bit of filming for YouTube. Now, how are we going to talk about this without spoiling what it is? It's similar to what we did last time. We're trying to do like a little event or some sort of activity for us three to do once a month, aren't we? Yeah. We was at the farm with the reindeer. So that was Christmas. So now... Um, we've done as next activity. What what would you, what would you spoiler be? What Ben? What how would you how would you tease it? It's sizzling, sizzling. It's something romantic. It's something romantic. Nice. It's something we all do. Some better than others. Well, if you want to find out who was the best at this secret challenge, all you've got to do is know that it is coming very very soon and will be live on YouTube before the end of February. The mugs make an appearance, don't they? The mugs got used a lot more than I was expecting to use a mug in that environment. Yeah. It's almost like product placement. I didn't think you could use a mug as many times, but we did. We got it in. And it shows that our mugs are completely versatile because most mugs you just drink out of, but our mugs you can use for many different things. The other thing that we have all done this week is we have all sat and watched Network. And it is time for Ben to give us a synopsis. Yeah, here we go. Um, Howard Beale, a news anchor, uh, is about to lose his job. He's lost his marriage and he's cracking up. And he comes to his last ever broadcast. On his last broadcast, he said he's going to leave. 
and he's going to commit suicide. And they take him off the air. Uh, and they're going to sack him. And then the network realises that his ratings are huge for when he starts speaking like that. So they put him back on. And through the film, you see Howard start to spout some truths about how television works, how the government works, and the ratings go up and up and up. And the film really is, I suppose, seeing one man and then how we're manipulated by the machine of the network uh, until ultimately it ends badly. Ah, interesting choice of word there for the end. Before we get into it, Jack, what was your setup? How did you watch it? I've just watched it. I watched it this afternoon. Oh, the old daytime. I was quite distracted while it was on because Hanny's mum was in the kitchen cooking. Uh. What happened to the I'm watching it on Monday night? I didn't. I had stuff on. Mm. Podcast got in the way, did it? I got stuff on. What were you doing? I know exactly what you're doing. You were playing dominoes, weren't no, you? I wasn't. I wasn't. I bet you were. No. You'll have to get an alibi. Were you eating your own shit? No. <laughs> so, Hanny's mum was cooking. That's a distraction in this kind of film. I know. But she did, she did bless her. She did say, oh, I'll try and keep it down. I'll try and keep it down. Made so much Made noise. Made so much noise. It was like, it's like a kitchen living room. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, I got you. Open plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stir fry. I'll try and keep it down. Chop, chop, chop. So you watched it in the middle of the day, very distracted. I had to pause the ending with 15 minutes to go because dinner was ready. Oh, that's a good time to do that. I know. Dinner was ready. So it was like, have it cold or... Do you have any respect for the podcast? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I said, to, I said, I said, okay, I can pause the film now, but after we've eaten, you all need to leave so I can finish the rest of the film. And they said, yeah, okay, great, fine, we'll do that, we'll eat. So we ate, and then I watched the last 15 minutes in silence. Well, I think it's diabolical that you've not been committed to sitting there and watching the podcast film in its entirety, seeing as it's your job. Isn't that right, Ben? We paused it for a whole night. What do you mean? Well, I didn't realise the film came in two halves, so Coulson just bailed out. He did the classic yawn, he had the blanket, he was an hour through... Gone. Oh. I went, Ben, I'm really sorry. And he went, What, what, what? I went, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go to bed. When did you watch it? Sunday night? Did you start Sunday night? Sunday night. But it was a mixture. It was a it, it was it was a weird thing, Jack, because we did the old swapperoo. So I'm on the chaise long with the blanket. Ben's in corner with poof with the duvet. And the chaise long, Ben, I don't know how you do it. It just it just sinks you in, doesn't it, into this level of I'll comfort. tell you what it is. You can, there's, there's, there's processes to Colson. He can't get comfy. It was, it was a lot of tossing and turning. So there's a lot of movement. He, he's drinking gallons of water. Then the hoodie comes up. Then the blanket moves. <laughs> oh, gone. And then he's waking himself back up. He's catching himself going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Thinking, oh God, where am I? Where am I? The problem with that film, there are other films you could probably nod through, but that film you can't. And where we were with an hour in, you couldn't really. And it was the concentrating that was making me drift off. And I don't know why. It hurts because you don't do it much. The dialogue's so fast paced, you have to sort of pay attention to it all. Jack, I was paying complete attention and I was in it and then I was going. And I was like, what? So I was pulling myself back around. And it was just a constant cycle. And that's why I said to Ben, Ben, look, 
I mean, I could probably fake getting through this, but I'm not going to be able to keep up with it. And Ben just went, right, we'll turn it off. <laughs> I wasn't moody. I was just like... No, no, no you weren't. You weren't. You were fine. I was fine. Fine. You were... I was like, more the best thing is to just cut your losses an hour in and go, I'm going to fall asleep. Fine. No problem. So you came back, second half. Came back Monday night, charged up, ready to go. Some sweets. We had some new sweets, didn't we? We were, we were ready. We were... And we swapped seats. The biggie. We swapped seats. Oh, and we started earlier. Anyway, anyway, the long and short of it is we got through it. Interesting watch then for all three of us. Um, so let's start. Like Ben said in synopsis, um, Howard Beale, who is played by Peter Finch, is a news anchor. He's obviously been in the job for quite a long time, hasn't he? And we start off with his friend Max, who is kind of head of the news network, talking to him after a night out and the voiceover that runs throughout the whole film explains that Howard has just been told that after 25 years of service he's losing his job yeah and you sort of get the premise that it's it's a low-end news channel isn't it they're like fifth yeah they probably were big big budget and they've slipped right down uh, yeah, you're right. They're at the back end of the networks. ABC, NBC, they've invented one, haven't they, called UBS, I think. Yeah, yeah. And are they just news or are they, is is this just the news show? Is this a channel that just puts on news 24 hours of the day? No, it's a network. They've got Dallas on beforehand and they've got Countryfile on after. Yeah, what a mixture. I'd tune into that. Dallas before and then Country Farm. <laughs> I didn't want to say Corey and the other soap that came to my mind was Dallas. I don't know why. Yeah, but it's a bit like any network. They they probably run their they run it around six o'clock news, ten o'clock news, big budget, and then they franchise out that news across the country. And then as they franchise it out, basically the more people who watch it, the more money you're gonna get in advertising revenue. News programmes are quite big like that. And they lose a lot of money. That's the other problem, isn't it? Robert Duvall is overseeing that section, is saying you're losing 30-odd million, I think. What I quite liked about this is that there's a lot of heads of the network, isn't there? Like, there's Robert Duvall's character. There's this William Holden, I think he's called, isn't he, who plays Max Schumacher. You've got Faye Dunaway's character. And you've got that other guy who has a heart attack. Then the, the, then there's another guy. Then there's another guy above them who you see right at yeah, the end. who owns it. Yeah. And Faye Dunaway's really come over from more of the programming side. She comes in. That's the whole point, I think, as well. She starts to see that these ratings can be manipulated. And I guess the reason we have so many big wicks, like Jack just said, is to show how of unimportance Howard Beale really is. Yes, he is the anchor of the 6 o'clock news show, which the public at home, obviously, he, he's the beck and call. He's the man who is in their living room every single night of the week. But in the grand scheme of the network, you know, he really is there for disposal. And they realise that the show is not doing well and it is Howard's time to go. As Howard's told the news that he's going... He goes on TV and he says, my last show will be in two weeks' time as I've been fired for bad statistics. Bad ratings. Bad ratings. Bad ratings. That's the word, sorry. Um, Been fired for bad ratings. And on my last show, I will commit suicide live on the air. And it's like, cut, cut. And all the bigwigs like, what are you doing? But also when he's saying the suicide stuff, they're not even looking at what he's saying. No. He's done it for 25 years. He says the same old shit 
and then we cut <laughs> and then we go well done howard see you tomorrow so he says it which i think is a brilliant piece of filmmaking is you're in the room where they've got all the monitors and they're not bothered and he says it and then they go what did he f-? and then the guy next door goes fucking turn him off turn him yeah. off he's <laughs> gonna commit suicide yeah. they're what what they rewind it don't they and it is but it you know it it does show that howard is very unimportant and they really are starting to care less and less about him so they decide that howard can't go back on air and they kind of call an emergency meeting between max and frank hickett hickett hackett yeah um who are kind of the big bosses and they say look He's got to go now. But isn't that an unbelievable reaction to have after a man's just said he's going to commit suicide live on air? Their reaction is, right, get him off. Let's underplay this. Let's say everything's fine. You know, they're, they're thinking of a way out of this rather than dealing with the problems that he might have. Oh, yeah. Entirely. Yeah, they're yeah. purely thinking about what is best for the network yeah. and that is just get him off air and get the next person off and I guess luckily for Howard is he's got such a relationship with Max he can turn around to him and say look I'm sorry I made a mistake don't let me end my career like that let me go back out tonight and put it right and Max goes do you know what I shouldn't do this but yeah I'll give you another chance because he's been sacked as well hasn't he Max has just got the boot as well well he realises that when they do that thing for the shareholders He's going to get shafted and they're going to re- reduce the newsroom because it loses so much money. He's not going to be the boss of it and he's going to lose his job as well. Like both of them, then he sees himself as a dinosaur and goes, fuck it, just let him do it. And then this show is where we kind of see Howard's first rant. Is this where he says I'm a madman? No, this is the bullshit. This is when I'm sick of all the bullshit. I ran out of bullshit, he says. That, yeah, yeah. And he just keeps going and going and going. And they say, let's get him off the air. Let's get him off the air. And Max turns around and says, no, leave him. Let it run. Because like Jack said, he doesn't care. He's lost his job. So they both kind of walk out together high and mighty. But what's clever in that clip is as he's shouting bullshit, he stands up and goes behind the scenes, doesn't he? So you see behind the show and then he starts to become real. And you see when the camera pants and those guys try and duck below the camera because they're getting caught, yeah, yeah. the guy on the side. And it's a very clever device the director uses to say he's broken that fourth wall now. He's real. Before, I'm sure people just went, oh, it's Howard Beale. But now he's real. And he's really saying this stuff. Diane, who, like Ben said, has come over from a different channel and she's working on a different side of things, notices that people are now watching Howard Beale's six o'clock show. They're doing better in the ratings. They're doing better in the audience share. And she turns around to Deval's character, Hackett, and says, do you know what? There could be something here. You know, I think we need to manipulate this situation and keep him on air because it's doing really, really well for us. And they kind of ignore the fact that Howard Beale is going through this you know mental breakdown and is clearly quite struggling and they think let's milk this because this is going to do well for the network well his mate says it he's having a breakdown you're filming him having a breakdown but he, he is also speaking a lot of truth 
every time he does go on, I do find myself what he's saying. That's the fascinating thing about this film, what the writer's done. The things that he's written are pretty much coming true in today's society. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They are now. And they were then. Yeah. That's what's so weird. It kind of... Because he has that moment where he gets... He has a vision, doesn't he, in bed? And God comes to him and God says, I can speak through you. You've got to speak the truth. And it is this almost like he's he's trying to save the world, isn't he? And then that's when he get, gets into his other speech. Running alongside Howard and his breakdown that we see through the six o'clock news, we have this kind of story of love between Diane and Max, don't we? Which is an older man with a younger woman. And it's kind of a working relationship that turns into a working affair, that turns into a full-on affair, that turns into a, you know, relationship, isn't it? And then, did you notice that he talks about the affair and then talks about it in in terms of where it comes in the script? What do you mean? So, he says, so, this is going to be the second act affair where we've kicked the story again and you, you sideline into a B-strand of me having an affair with you. And it was exactly at the moment of the second act of the film. So the writer is saying, this is the second act of the film, and this is the affair story. And each the way through, he said, this, this affair is going to be me leaving my wife, and we're going to have a great time for a few months, and then we're going to split up, and I'm going to go back to my wife. And that's how these things are always written. So the writer was observing how he was writing the film and what people expect in films. So the writer's saying, I'm manipulating you through your through their own film. I thought that is unbelievable writing. He told the story in the story. In the story. So I'm going to manipulate you with a very recognised way of writing a script. And I'm going to tell you I'm doing it. And I'm going to tell you I'm doing it. And you're still going to watch it and you're still going to love it. And still not going to (laughs) realise. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, that's fucking amazing. And that scene where Max tells his wife, for me, I mean, that's an extraordinary piece of acting. Well, that's her one scene, isn't it? Her one scene, she won an Oscar. Yeah, I saw that today. Five minutes 40, isn't it? It's the shortest time of anybody's ever won an Academy Award for acting. But wasn't she brilliant? Oh, yeah, one scene, done. I think Robert Duvall deserved an Oscar nom, you know. Yeah. I don't know if he got one, but I thought he was brilliant in it. I think they went Holden, Finch... And Faye, Diane. Faye. But then there were another guy, Ned Thingy. Ned Beatty, who did the speech. Great speech at the end. He accepted the job, and it was one day's work. Just that, just two scenes, isn't it? And he said, anyone else would have turned it down. He said, I've got a policy of accepting every job that's offered. And it was one day's work on a film. And he went, yeah, I'll do it. And he said, I came out with an Oscar nomination. I mean, it's unbelievable, really. I mean, there, there are some really, I mean, to write, to read that stuff, you must have just thought it was an actor. But loads of people passed on those parts. Loads. Didn't want to do it. Faye Dunaway said, nobody changed a single word of the script it all flew off the page whenever they were saying it it was like they were singing it it was so easy to say the lines it was all perfect 
It was a perfect script. And the writer kept in all the television talk of, like, shares and points and ratings and, you know, uh, all the sort of lingo of television speak. He he kept it in. And the producers were saying, you're going to have to change it because the audience is not going to know what that talk is or whatever. And he was like, fuck it. That's what it is. That's what they'll talk about. And they're not in a room discussing this stuff for an audience. They're just discussing this. And if they don't understand it, they don't understand it. They don't really need to know all that lingo. Anyway, so he went, it's staying the same. So the writer won quite a lot of awards, didn't he? He won quite a lot of Oscars in his time. I think he'd won two before this. He only ever wrote on his own. Then he won another one for this. He, yeah, he was the first writer to win three Academy Awards on his own. On his own. So he doesn't write with anyone. And the director? Sidney Lumet, massive. 12 Angry Men, uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, big director. Big big director for rehearsal. Massive on rehearsal. So rehearse them all. But try to take the first take, a second take. So you know the big speech was Peter Finch. And uh, he goes, you know, we're, we're, we're as mad as hell. I'm as mad as hell. And I'm not going to take it anymore. When it's to the point of him almost having a chat show rather than a six o'clock yeah. news show. And they've built it up and they've built up this show and he gets angry. And he, it's the moment where William Holden's character realises that they all shout out their windows, that this guy has real power. Uh, he could only do that speech twice. And they took the first take and they took the second and, and splice them because uh, it's the last film he ever made he died and he was given the Oscar posthumously he had a heart condition he couldn't get through the speeches so he was really dying while he was doing the film wow um, he died in uh, Sidney Lumet's arms oh did he they were on a press junket afterwards and he didn't feel very well and he tried to revive him and they, no one knew how bad he was because he falls at the I, it's all like a gimmick he falls down at the end of like every show isn't that meant to be him coming out of the trance that oh, he's been right. in it's it? a kind of play on a sort of evangelist thing you know he's been used spoken through it taken over by a higher spirit but he didn't the director didn't realise that uh, he couldn't get through the speeches he didn't have any more energy so he gave it twice and that was it and that was it so the Howard Beale show continues to grow and grow in success and everyone's loving it. Diana and Max are loving it. Everything is going well for the network. And then the boss has to get involved because Deval gets a phone call after Howard has said something about Arab money buying the company that own the network. And it is really time to kind of put Howard back in his place and make him realise that there are things that he can do and things that he can't do. So Howard gets a telling off and they're going to take him off the air to keep everybody happy. And it's at this point where the boss, the chairman of the company says, no, I will not let you take Howard off the air. I want to speak to him. And it's almost a power trip moment, isn't it, where the chairman realises that he can talk through Howard, a bit like God has done. Yeah. A bit like God has spoken through Howard and got Howard to give this message out to the public. He's going, I can get Howard to go out and spread the message that I want him to spread. So he kind of manipulates him to use him for the big corporation's benefit. And as this happens, Howard continues to do the show, but preach a different message. 
and the ratings slowly drop off and the shares slowly drop off. And it's at that point where Diane sits down with Devel and she's like, look, this this can't keep happening. You know, he, he, he's talking about something that Joe Public isn't interested in and it's got to stop. He wants it to continue even if the ratings go down or the share prices go down. He wants him on the air. So they're like, right, well then we're going to have to have him killed. So then what I think the the script is trying to say is the guy who owns the network is trying to get a much bigger message. So we'll take the hit on ratings and money, but once his bigger message push through to have someone preach in his message yeah Yeah. his message and so then the people below him are then being manipulated so they manipulate howard then they get manipulated and howard sort of carries on in his in his way of he then gets manipulated by the network boss uh and then obviously you know faye dunaway's character starts getting into sort of radicalism showing robberies on television and making this whole kind of news event. Soap opera. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very weird bit, that, isn't it? Because at the same time, I guess, Diane is trying to create this new brand of television to run after the Howard show to keep the ratings on, which is kind of this shock documentary-type live show. And... If we if we kind of skip through to one of the penultimate scenes, they're all sat in an office debating what they're going to do about Howard because the chairman will not let him go off air, and Deval turns around to all of the team of Big Wicks and says, "Well, what can we do? Can we kill him?" Well, you think you think he's joking, or is he saying it as a joke? And then they kind of agree. I don't think he is. It isn't a joke, and it's that bit of. He's so indispensable because the only thing that matters to us is ratings and money. Mm. That is the only thing in their world is how is this show doing? But also their jobs. They know they're going to lose their jobs. I think it is Sidney Lumet. I think it is that. That's a pun- but he said, so do you notice the first scene? when they were in the cabs, it looked documentary style when he's telling the story of him being on the bridge with the taxi. Yeah. It feels quite documentary. It feels quite early. So what he wanted to do was give it an early feel of news, early news in the 70s. When he came to the end scene, they shot it like a commercial. Fix uh, the camera. And it's all colour and everything. It's all colour and it's all it? glitzy yeah. and you're being done by the film. So he deliberately makes that end image look very, very slick, counterpoints it with them saying, should we kill him? So then you realise there's a complete disconnect between Howard as a person and them saving their necks. And it's a bit like Rome. It's a bit like you can only have your champion for so long, then the champion has to lose. Because if the champion doesn't lose, then people won't come back and watch. And that bit, I knew that, but obviously I knew that bit was coming up. But that, for me, when you had that reaction, Colson, I thought that's absolutely perfect. Because you're like no what and i'm like yeah as soon as the film ended they 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 come to a plan to find a way of diane's um radical people that she's been following to assassinate howard live on tv and he gets shot in cold blood and he dies and 
that is the film and they just carry on and they get the next heading and I as the film ended I kind of just turned to Ben when the credits came up and just laughed I was like but it wasn't a laugh it was a disbelief as to yeah yeah what I'd watched and and how was that an ending to a film and how do you not question it you know when you watch a film and it's got an ending and you go that just wouldn't happen like that just would not happen but then in that film you like in shock but it feels so real yeah but people have died on air haven't they? People have been shot. People have been assassinated. There was a film actually came out. I can't remember who the reporter was. She was killed live on air and the scriptwriter based it on that. It was called Christine. And the girl that was in your Jack's Hidden Gem, the house, creepy house one, was in that film. It was made like five or six years ago. She died on screen. Oh, right. Um, and so he based it on that. As the film ended, I kind of said to Ben, I said, for me, it kind of rings Joker vibes. And Ben obviously then spoke about like King of Comedy and stuff like that. And it is that portrayal of mental health being used for public entertainment, isn't it? That And that's what the film toys with. You don't quite understand what's real, what's not real. Even when you see him get shot, he shoots it like a TV show. So it's not undercover. They stand bolt upright and shoot him. He plays it again in the head. He's got cameras on the on the uh, assassins. And no one moves. Have you noticed? No one moves. No one screams. Yeah. They go did it did 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 did. And the voiceover, the voiceover says the bit of both the killers got away, and it's like because it's it was so so planned, and it is shocking. And I think it's that bit of this film is what 1970, 1976. And that message of that still being something that is manipulated now in current day, it's still there. And I mean, it's probably a very difficult topic for us three to talk about because we are in the public eye, but that shit happens. And that kind of, the film in 1976 pictures it and tells you the story perfectly well. Well, when he when he says... Ned Beatty's character says, look, the world is not split up into countries. It's split into companies, Exxon or all these companies. And now you look, at the world is still split, but maybe it could be other big companies or social media companies or whatever that are changing the way we see news and see facts and see things from around the world. So, yeah, it's just as relevant now, which is extraordinary considering... It was from 1976. Should we take a quick break and hear from one of those big companies and then we'll come back <laughs> and rate the film? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Ratings. Um, ben, it's your film, so you have the honour. Um, for me, the reason, part of the reason why I've always loved this film so much is the script. I think the performances are fantastic. I really do. And I think Peter Finch is extraordinary. So is Faye Dunaway. They all are. Uh, there is some real acting masterclasses and directing, but the script is so good. And it's telling you what I love is like a magician saying, watch my, watch my hands, watch my hands, watch my hands, but I'm still going to trick you. Watch the film, but I'm still going to make you think at the end of it. Uh, I think it's a classic. I think it's amazing that from 1976 to now, it's still completely relevant. Um, so I don't want to give my own film a 10 but I can't see that you could write something better than that uh, and act it better, I think, for that kind of genre. So I'm going to go 10. Shepard? Yeah, it's the script. Um, it, just listening to it. And I've seen this film before, but just watching it again tonight, I was like, God, that's bloody good. Everybody has got like chunks of dialogue, but it just flows. None of it seems eggy. All of it seems exactly what those type of media or those corporate people would be talking about. And it seems so real and it's so telling with everything today, I think, still. And it must have been there. I mean, it must have been massive then. Well, it was. I mean, it, it did very well at the Oscars. I think the writer's done an amazing job. The performances, Faye Dunaway is brilliant, breathtaking. And actually, she won the Oscar for Best Actress and it's that famous picture after she won it. Do you remember um, that famous picture of Faye Dunaway by the swimming pool and it's um, uh, the morning after, the night before, something is the famous And all the newspapers and she's got her Oscar. Yes, of all the headlines, yeah. And um, yeah, masterclasses of actors. I'm going to go 9.7 for this. It's a big one. I think the director has nailed it. The actors, the script... Um, just falls short because probably my own fault because I've not seen it enough times to put it in a 10 category. Usually I put films that are in 10, which is something that I've seen and got, you know, so much enjoyment after time and time again, which is why I usually go 10 because there must be a reason I keep going back. So I've only seen this film twice. And why do you think you've only seen it twice? I don't know. I, ju I think I just watched it the first time and maybe I'd... Maybe I wasn't listening enough to the dialogue or something. Or maybe I wasn't taking in current affairs enough with watching the film. I mean, I was a bit younger. Just this time going back, I'm older. 
watch the news a bit more. I don't know. I just, I appreciated it a lot more, especially the dialogue. So, yeah, that's why the rating's 9.7. I just think it's an interesting question, especially from... It's an interesting question to hear your answer because from my point of view, I'm watching a lot of these films that you and Ben both pick for the first time. And obviously my ratings are coming in lower than yours. And I do wonder if there is a bit of, you know, growing to love and understand a film and having more of a relationship with a film the more you watch it. And it it just kind of, it was something that came into my head as you were saying that then. I think what you're also, Coulson, is, and I think this is true, especially with a film like that, is the nature of it is so dense that sometimes after on to a second or third watch, you know the story, so then you can envelop into what the script is doing to you. That's what's so extraordinary about that script. Like, I know the story, so then I start to look at the devices he's using in a script to sort of manipulate us. Yeah, because for me, this is almost... I was making my defence before I gave my rating. For me, the film's an eight which is considerably lower than the both of you. And normally when we're all in that scale, we are fairly high. And I just wonder if that's something that will change and improve over time. I think the reason I've gone eight, which in my opinion is is high for that film watching it the first time, is because of the social commentary from 1976 that is still relatable to a 23-year-old in 2022 and it's quite sad in a way how the world hasn't changed and seeing that through the medium of a film and in that a very good film especially when the characters are in the public eye I found it quite sad and I think that was the bit that that got me and that was when I was like okay that's a good film the one bit I wasn't like blown away with it and I did lose interest in a little bit was the um, Diane and Max kind of love triangle but then again for me the people obviously I think how I think Howard was amazing Peter Finch I think he was absolutely brilliant like the way he goes from being your steady news anchor you know the one that we all know your bloody the guy that we see on TV every single morning doing the news to then digressing someone who clearly is struggling then but so i think he had the film and then definitely the wife one scene amazing and i think as well the chairman that one scene where he came in and played god i was like that that is just really really good and i think also with the relationship the script writer is also trying to show you that faye dunaway's character doesn't know how to live she can't live beyond work and she's got no feelings so she even says that yeah so people with no feelings are making television about feelings so they have no feelings for that person yeah and obviously i think the bit that you said ben about the the writer telling you the story as you see the story i think that was quite cool so yeah so i've gone eight jack's gone 9.7 ben you've gone 10 27.7 Big. I think that's good. I think that's fair. I think that's very, very good. I think it's a real testament, Colson, that you stuck through it and saw those bits in it. I really do. It's not an easy film. You have to concentrate to understand what's happening. Before we find out what Jack has got for us to watch next week, Jack? Yeah. Jack's Jack's hidden gem of the week. week. Wouldn't it be great? You know, in the mugs, 
you pour a tea and it's got a song in it. That'd be brilliant. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? I'd pay 30 quid for that. As you poured it in, it went, Jack's hidden gem of the... Gurgle, gurgle. I think at one point when we take over the world, we'll have like builder bears <laughs> that you, you, you press the hand and it's us three singing. Or it's us all going, hello. Hello, <laughs> hello would you like a cup of tea? Jack's hidden gem. So last week... Caused a bit of a stir, by the way. Yeah, what's your hidden gem? He texted me, didn't he, private, and he went, what's your <laughs> fucking gem this week? What is it? And I went, oh, it's the night house. And he went, what's it on? I went, Disney Plus. He went, right, I'll watch that later. I went, yeah, give it a watch, it's good. <laughs> Sent me a very short review later after it finished and just put, awful. <laughs> But he wasn't the only person, because on Instagram you took a bit of slack. I did. I got pelters. And did you did you put that on? I put that on, yeah. What, the the night house? Basically, none of us put anything on the Instagram. It's producer Henry has that Instagram spick and yeah. spam. And then I noticed a bit of a left field post, a bit of an out there post, self-promotion of Jack's hidden gem. And the comments were... It's shit, and I thought Jack's <laughs> yeah. gone onto the Instagram, ruined Hendry's theme, and is getting slated for it. So you've got to redeem yourself. It was what lies beneath, but not as good. It was a little bit what lies beneath, but not as good. Listen, I mean, to get a good horror these days, I did say this on the gem. They're few and hard between because you've seen every jump. F- far, you know far, ev- not hard. You got it wrong again. You got it wrong last week. You've got it wrong this what week. What did I say? Hard between. Oh, did I? Yeah. But I like that. You could put that on your mug. Few and hard between. <laughs> <laughs> I like that saying. It's like that's like your it. saying as a comic. Hello, few and hard between. In four years' time, the website is just going to be full of loads of mugs with loads of random sayings on that are just going to make no sense. So, Jack, time to redeem yourself. So, what's your hidden gem this week? Okay, so the gem this week, it's on the iPlayer. Okay, BBC iPlayer. I don't know how long it's going to be on there. I saw this doc a couple of years ago now. It's about Avicii, the singer, songwriter, DJ. And it's all about his mental health problems with anxiety um, and being in the public eye, mainly. It's him on tour. It's the management that are surrounding him. And it's him struggling a lot. What's it called? It's called Avicii. Cool. Sounds good. It is really, really good, actually. And obviously, in 2018, he he took his own life as well, sadly. So, uh, it's yeah, it's a really, really interesting doc. And it's really sad, actually. And yeah, he had a lot ahead of him, but uh, suffered massively with anxiety. And, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting documentary. And that's on the iPlayer. That's the gem. Jack, this is also now your opportunity where you tell me, Ben, and everyone who's listening at home what we're watching next Thursday. (laughs) You eating shit. (laughs) This is your opportunity. Aside from... Is the human centipede. (laughs) (laughs) No. Right. I've never actually seen that. I remember it being a big thing at school in like the the school playground of, God, have you seen Human Centipede? But is it a bit fucked up? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a Sunday afternoon. So, Jack, 
Um, the film we are watching, I was thinking about this and what am I going to do? It's an easy watch. I think it's about 90 minutes. Yeah, this might be a this might be a flat watch actually. We're going horror. Ooh, yes. The Blair Witch Project. Ooh, Ooh no, 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 no. I think it will have to be a flat watch. <laughs> I'm very, very interested. I haven't seen this film for years. I wonder how it will stand up. Exactly. Is it a bit Cloverfield esque, like filmed on camcorders? Yeah, Have I made yeah. that up? It, there was yeah. what, it was the first of that it was kind. The first one of that genre. Interesting. This, I mean, it's a big film. Again, it's the sort of film that you hear loads about in school of people going round to each other's house to watch the Blair Witch. We've got to watch it at night. Yeah, with no one cooking. Yeah, no one. Cooking. Not not Hanny's mum whacking the fajitas <laughs> on. So next week's film is The Blair Witch Project. And if you want to watch along with us at home, you know what to do. We'll be back here on Thursday talking about The Blair Witch Project. And in the meantime, if you want to keep in touch with us, you can do. We're on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at sofacinemaclub.com. Earlier this week, we dropped a bonus episode onto our Patreon. So if you're not subscribed to Patreon, all you've got to do is go on to www patreon.com forward slash sofa cinema club where you will find extra sofa cinema club ad free episodes and a cheeky little 10% discount off your mugs so now is the time to join us on patreon for the price of a small popcorn it's no it's a large popcorn it's not a small popcorn it's a large popcorn and that is it for this week's sofa (laughs) cinema club we're back on monday for sofa cinema club extraterrestrial as always Good night, God bless. Good night. Good night. night. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.